Well, this morning in your classes, you studied Jeremiah chapter 5. And I read through that material, read through the text, and I thought, you know, those classes are covering just about everything in there. So what am I going to do? So I decided to back up to chapter 4. And we're going to look at a text in Jeremiah chapter 4. Uh, interesting text, one in which God speaks and then Jeremiah the prophet responds. Uh, God is really wrestling with the reality that the only way he's going to get his people back is to punish them. And Jeremiah's wrestling with the punishment that has been given. Let's be standing, please, as we hear this, the word of God. First, God speaks. Your own conduct and actions have brought this upon you. This is your punishment. How bitter it is, how it pierces to the heart. Jeremiah then says, Oh, my anguish, my anguish. I writhe in pain. Oh, the agony of my heart. My heart pounds within me. I cannot keep silent. For I have heard the sound of the trumpet. I have heard the battle cry. Disaster follows disaster. The whole land lies in ruins. In an instant, my tents are destroyed. My shelter in a moment. How long must I see the battle standard and hear the sound of the trumpet? Then God speaks again. My people are fools. They do not know me. They are senseless children. They have no understanding. They are skilled in doing evil. They know not how to do good. The Word of God. Well, decades ago, I went to college. Went to Lubbock Christian College. That's how long ago it was. It was still Lubbock Christian College. All right? Yeah, I see some other chaparrales out there. Uh, one of the things I did was join a social club, a kind of a loose interpretation of a fraternity. Went through the pledging process, and then right after all of that, when I finally became a full-fledged member of this social club, we have this competition there called Master Follies. Now, you Lubbock Christian folks know what Master Follies are. You Abilene Christian folks, which I went there too, it's okay, all right. uh, but, but they have sing songs. Well, Lubbock has really got Ebeling beat on this one because uh, they, they put on a whole show. It's pretty cool. And you have a little band that plays along with your whatever you're doing. So anyway, I went to the meeting for Master Follies because I wanted to be a good club member. And they said, Tommy, said, don't you play some instruments? And I said, yeah. And they said, okay, we're going to put you in the band. And I said, oh, okay. So I find out when the rehearsal is. I show up and the guy that's putting together a little combo, there's about five of us, he says, um, okay, what do you want to play? What do you play? And I said, well, I can play keyboard. He said, ah, we got a keyboard player. I said, uh, I can play drums. He said, ah, we got a drummer. I said, well, I've got a banjo. <laughs> he said, ah, we don't want a banjo. He said, you're going to play string bass. I said, like this? And he said, yeah. I said, I've never held one of those. I don't know what they are. He said, ah, we'll show you. It's no big deal. So he said, just come to the rehearsals. We'll teach you how to play it. 
So I show up for the next rehearsal, and everybody's getting their stuff ready. There's no string bass around. I said, well, where's the string bass? He said, well, we're getting it from the orchestra, but we couldn't get it tonight. So, okay. Went back to the next rehearsal. Still no string bass. Went back to the next rehearsal. Still no. Finally, dress rehearsal. I show up. I was praying there would not be a string bass. <laughs> and sure enough, there it was, you know. So the guy picks it up, and he says, okay, he, says, he tells me the names of the strings, which I can't remember now. And, you know, there's no frets on those things. You don't know, no, where, anyway. He said, this is this string, this string, this string. I said, okay. So he said, okay, it's our turn to go. Let's go. We got out on stage, and we went through the dress rehearsal, and I stood there going, gee. Eh. Well, the next time I held the string bass was when the curtain went up, and there were hundreds of people sitting in the audience, and one, two, three, four, here we go. So, boy, I played that thing. Yeah, I, play, I don't know what note I was playing, but I'd play along on this string. I'd say, oh, that sounded good, and I'll play on this string a little bit. <laughs> hey, we won the competition, so it was okay. But I felt like a fool because I didn't know how to play that instrument. I didn't have a clue as to what I was doing. Well, I kind of remembered that after I read one of these passages or one of the verses here out of our text where God talks about how frustrating it is when you don't know how to do something. Did you catch that as we went along? Right there at the very end. Let's look at it again. He says, my people are fools. They do not know me. They're like senseless children. They have no understanding. They are skilled in doing evil, but they don't know how to do good. They just don't know what good is. They don't know how to do good. Now, most of us, by our presence here today, have expressed some kind of desire to do good. It's what the people of God are called to do, isn't it? When we become a part of the family, then we are joining up with people who want to do good. And the Bible is full of exhortation about this. The Bible gives us motivations. Why it is that whenever we become one of God's children, high on our list is to go out and do good. We're going to, this morning, look at several scriptures, kind of talk our way through them. So I'll have them up here, or if you can flip through your Bibles quick enough, or you're good enough on that iPad or that iPhone. By the way, if you have your iPhone out, you are looking at the Bible, right? Okay. All right. Just, just checking. I thought you were. Everybody said yes. All right. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, says this. Let your light shine before others so they may see your good works yeah there it is that's what we're supposed to be out doing we're out supposed to be out doing good and what is the purpose of letting people see us do good is it so they'll walk up and pat you on the back and say wow you are really a good person you know wow i'm so impressed that you're doing good no our motivation is that they will give glory to your Father in heaven. That whenever we do something that's good, someone else's life is impacted to the point they say, you know, there must be a God. 
You know, look what's going on here. And therefore, our motivation is, is to reflect well upon our Father. God is our Father, and therefore, here is what we're doing in His name so that people then give glory to Him. So that's certainly motivation for us to get out of this room and go out and do some good. There's more motivation. Romans chapter 2, verses 6 through 8 says this, For He, God, will repay according to each one's deeds. To those who by patiently doing good, there we go again, those people who do it regularly, steadily, patiently, hanging in there, out doing good, seek for glory and honor and immortality, he will give those people eternal life. Talk about motivation. That certainly makes us want, out, want to go out there and do good. Because it says that God notices that. God notices those who are committed to doing good. And he rewards them with eternal life. By the way, I put the next verse in too because it gives us a little bit of insight into those who don't do good. While those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but wickedness, there will be wrath and fury. So right there we get a little bit of a clue as to what doing good is about. It's the opposite of seeking things for ourselves, It's the opposite of putting ourselves first and thinking, what do I want? What do I want to do? All right, well, I'm getting ahead, but I just didn't want to pass that verse by without stopping and looking at that. So, we have motivation to want to do good. We want to bring glory to God. We want people to be excited about the fact that there is a God and that that God loves them. And one way to do that is that we do good. We're also motivated because I would kind of like to live forever. And it says that God notices people who are committed to doing good and rewards them with eternal life. Hmm. Well, how can I do that? How can I do good? Well, there's some more good news. The gospel is that God gets you ready to do good. Because as we read in the Psalm 14, which was, as Jake apologized for, kind of a downer to start church, but we agreed it really fit, you know, that no one's much out there doing this, that no one can do good. Well, the good news of the gospel is, is that he gets you ready to do good. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this isn't your own doing. You couldn't do that yourself. You couldn't make yourself ready to go out and do God's work. You're too flawed. You've got the stains of your sin. You've got your path. You've got all these things going on that disqualify you from doing the work of God. But guess what? By the grace of God, you were saved through faith. Not your own doing. It's a gift. God has given it to you. Not the result of your own trying to fix yourself, your works, so that you can't boast. But it goes on to say, For we are what He has made us, created in Christ Jesus to do what? Good works. That's right. That's why He put us back together. 
That's why he washed us and made us clean. That's why he said your past doesn't count anymore. We're going to go with who you are now, and we're going to go with your future. You're ready to go. You are created in Christ Jesus just for this purpose, to do good works. And notice that this is what God had in mind all along. He says, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. That's what we're supposed to be all about. God said, my people are going to be people who do good. That's one way people are going to recognize them. That's one way you're going to know that you're part of the family. That's what you're all about. So I will get them ready. By my grace, I will make them that they are able in Christ Jesus to do good works. Because from the very beginning of time, that's what I wanted them to do. One more passage along this line. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Uh, as I wrote that down, I thought, well, you know, this is the third time this month in September I've referred to this passage, which kind of tips my hand that, yeah, uh, this is one of my red-letter passages that I think about a lot and go to a lot, and it has helped to motivate me through much of my life. In this wonderful passage, Timothy, Paul, Paul is telling Timothy to make sure that he's gotten certain things out of his life, that there are bad habits, there are things that, that eat up your time and eat on yourself, that, that just bore into you and make you basically where there's not much left of you. All these, and if you back up before that, he names some of those things. And then he also says, and God will help you get rid of those things through his washing, through his power, through his spirit. And once that has happened, once you've begun to clean your life out of all these things, look what happens. All who cleanse themselves of the things I have mentioned will become special utensils, dedicated and useful to the owner of the house, who is God, ready for every good work. That's what I want to be. I want to be useful. I want to be sitting there on the cabinet, just ready for God to come by and say, I need one of those. Yeah. Be washed and cleaned, gotten rid of all the junk, so that when God needs me to do some good work, He can rely on me. He can count on me. I haven't let my life get so full of other stuff. And particularly if we go back to the Romans passage, especially full of myself and all that I want, that I'm not useful to God whenever He needs me to do something. All right, so we have then motivation. What's our motivation for wanting to do good? Well, we want to bring glory to God. And we want to live in eternity with Him. What then is uh, the, the ability to do, that God has given us the ability to do it? Well, He washed us and He cleansed us and He makes us ready to do His work. He gives us the ability to do good. We only have one other question to answer. Just a little question. So what is good? Now, we can come up with all kinds of ideas ourselves. And most of the time, if you ask someone, well, what's good? And what, well, they've got an idea. But it's interesting, I keep going back to that Jeremiah passage where God says they don't know how to do good. They're pretty good at doing evil, 
but they don't know what it is that is good. So I went through the Bible and looked up some stuff. I thought, well, where does God say this is good work? This is good. In the Hebrew uh, word, uh, there's a word for good is tov, uh, mazel tov, you know, uh, good life, all right, all right. Uh, and, and to do good is yatov, you, you yatov, you go out and you do good. So I looked and said, well, where does God tell us what yatov is, what, what is to do good? I want to begin with a couple of uh, New Testament passages, but this is okay because this is a New Testament passage that's quoting an Old Testament passage, all right? Uh, Peter here is referring to a passage out of Psalm 34 where he's quoting David, and David used the word yatov. What about to do good? Here we go. Those who desire life and desire to see good days. All right? <laughs> That's me. I want that. Let them keep their tongues from speaking evil and their lips from speaking deceit. Okay? Got to watch some of that. Let them turn away from evil and do good. Okay, I want to do that. How? Well, if you understand Hebrew poetry, the next line's going to tell us how to do that. It just sets us up. Turn away from evil, do good. And the next line says, let them seek peace and pursue it. God is a God of peace. God is a God who desires peace between us and Him. Paul tells us in Romans chapter 5 that being justified by faith, we now have peace with God. We can take that deep breath and let it out because it's okay between me and God. And we seek that peace and we seek to own that peace and for that peace to become a part of our lives that God considers me his child, and things are good. But beyond that, we also become peacemakers. That wherever we are, one of the highest things on our agenda is to bring peace. If the peace of God is needed, then I will speak of the peace of God. But so much more than that, that in my family and amongst those that I see on a daily basis, am I a person who seeks to bring peace? Am I a person of mercy and grace and forgiveness? Am I a person who seeks to show love? A passage we're coming up to in just a moment talks about someone who loves love. Someone who loves kessid. Someone who loves kindness. Is this what I thrive on? Is to let others know of my goodwill for them, my mercy to them, my grace to them. Now you say, well, that's nice. Yeah, it's nice. It's doing good. For that to become our agenda, to bring peace into our relationships and peace into the lives that we are with. If you think I'm just kind of making this up, Romans 8, 18 through 21, if it is possible, so far as it depends on, you know, this is Romans 12. 
I'm sorry. Scratch that out. Okay, now we got it. I'm so, I don't know why I put Romans 8. I didn't catch that in first service. It's Romans 12, 18 through 21. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Sounds a little bit like David. Sounds a, bit, a little bit like Peter, doesn't it? All right. Well, how do we do that? Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. It's not up to you to fix everything. Okay? Now, I know you can find exceptions to that. You parents are called upon to fix some things. But we kind of push that around to where we're sort of like the ones that have to go out and fix everything. No. You are the ones to go out and bring peace. He goes on to say, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. Take care of people even if they don't like you. Take care of people even if you don't like them. Even if you can criticize them for the decisions they've made and all the stuff, you know, if you'd have done it the way I did it, you would have had your own. For by doing this, through helping, that's the way that you will get to them. This says burning coals on their heads. You will light a fire in them, not by your criticism, but by your help, and by your love, and by your kindness, and by your mercy. Now, I'm not stretching this because look what the next verse says. Do not be overcome by evil. Overcome evil with good. And that's what he's talking about right there. Is that you are out looking to see those and seeking for those that you can bless. I saved the heavy artillery for the last two. Isaiah chapter 1 verses 16 and 17 says this. Wash yourselves clean. Remove the evil from your doing or move the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Uh, one thing there that points out it's something you have to work at. It's something you have to learn. Good doesn't just pop into your mind. I pop into my mind. All right, I'm confessing. If I'm just going to sit there and think about something, it's usually about Tommy. All right? So I have to learn to do good. Here it is. Seek justice. Rescue the oppressed. Defend the orphan. Plead for the widow. Seek fairness for all. Seek to treat others with respect and dignity. Provide for those. Rescue those who have been pushed down by life. Such as the fatherless and those who are widowed. Micah 6, 8. He has told you, O mortal, what is good. You ready? And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice. I think Micah and Isaiah talked a little bit or something. They were contemporaries, by the way. Kind of preaching each other's sermons. How high is justice on your list? Justice meaning fairness and kindness. It goes on to say, but love kindness. 
Just love it. Love to show your love to others. Love to show the love of God to others. How high up is that on your agenda today, tomorrow, and so forth? We need to learn to do good and to walk humbly with your God. All right. At the end of the book of Matthew, toward the end, Matthew chapter 25, Jesus tells a story about the last judgment. Most of us know that. It's where he separated the sheep from the goats. Remember that? And he looks over here on his left, and he says, Sorry, guys, you didn't make it. And they go, Wait a minute. Why is that? And he said, Because. Because I was hungry, and you didn't give me anything to eat. I was thirsty, you didn't give me anything to drink. You didn't take care of me. And their reply was, Lord, we didn't know. That passage is of special meaning to me today because we've been through some scriptures that tell us what good is. Seeking justice, loving kindness, taking care of the oppressed, having eyes for those who are in need. God tells us over and over that's what's good. So when I stand before that judgment throne, if God says, I'm sorry you didn't make it, one thing I won't be able to say is, Lord, I didn't know. Because I do. God wants a people that knows how to do good. God wants a people who go out and do the good that brings glory to Him and turns people's hearts to Him so that He can wash them and cleanse them and make them special utensils in His house that He can send out and do His work as well. We're going to stand. We're going to sing. This is a special time. You know, if today you realize that your life has been primarily about you and you haven't learned yet to do good, we're going to have some of our leaders standing around here. It would be great to go and to make that confession to them and to let them pray with you and counsel with you. They're standing there also for any other burden that you may be carrying because certainly a good thing to do is for a body of believers to love and to pray for one another. And we want to seek peace in your life. So as we stand and sing this and they're there, if there's anything, any need in your life, would you make your way to them as we stand and sing?